If you want more in your life, you want to increase your capacity to receive. And when you increase your capacity to receive, that doesn't just mean all the cherries and roses of life. That means the entire spectrum of everything, all the good, the bad, the ugly. You want to be open to receiving the truth. This is the Alchemized Life Podcast, and I am your host, Ava Johanna transformational mentor, speaker, teacher, and most importantly, a woman on a mission to bring wellness to the world. This podcast was created to bridge the gap for anyone craving more love, health, and happiness in each and every day. And with every episode, you will receive practical guidance to create magic in your own life. Combining the expertise of wellness visionaries and thought leaders, each week we will bring it back to basics and provide you with the tools meant to empower you to thrive emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So together, let's ditch the mean girl, you can't sit with us vibes, grab your favorite yoga pants, and start to find your uniquely alchemized life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Alchemized Life Podcast. Happy New Year, you guys. It is 2020 and we are out here. We are doing it. My name is Ava Johanna. If this is your first time tuning in, if you have been here listening along for the journey, you guys, we freaking did it. 2019, goodbye. 2020, hello. Um, I'm so excited for this new year. It's the sixth now, so I feel like all of us just being guided into saying that all of us are feeling the flow, feeling inspired, feeling excited. And if you are not, then I hope that this episode and what I'm going to share with you right now gets you back into that state. Because at any given moment, we have an opportunity to shift our perception, to shift our relationship to the world around us and to choose a feeling, an emotion, a thought, an action that makes us feel good that is in greater alignment with who we want to be, that fully expressed version of ourselves. And I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this episode with Marla Mattinson. I have been working with her a little bit and Corian has been working with her a little bit. And um, she is fucking incredible. And one of the reasons why I was so excited to, one, to bring this episode to life, but also to just speak with her is that she really looks at relationships as this container for growth, growth alongside another human being and then individually. And so I'm going to let her do her thing. And you're going to hear in this conversation all about growing in relationships and how we can grow individually. But one of the things that really stood out to me is this idea that relationship does not have to be defined by how everyone else has defined it historically, archetypally, um, your parents, your peers, you know, your teacher, whoever. It does not have to be defined by anyone else besides yourself. And for me as a spiritual business coach and a teacher and a leader, I kind of just celebrate that because I see that in my business as well. You know, there are so many people out there telling you that you need to hustle and that you need to grind and that being an entrepreneur is hard work and long hours. And, you know, you see people sharing their story of how they stayed up until like 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. doing X, Y, and Z to make their business a success. And while, yes, they are successful, I want to offer you just kind of riffing off of Marla's guidance an opportunity to define your relationship to your work, to your business, to your life, to your relationships, to your pet, however you choose to. And know that you are in control of the definition and that you don't need to compromise in any way 
when it comes to creating a life that you love. So it can be hard, yes, but it also gets to be easy. It also gets to be fun. It also gets to feel good. And when we start to lean into that knowing and have trust and faith that that is the way, if we so choose, then the world starts to open up to prove that to us. On like a scientific neurological level, the more that we turn our attention towards one thought process, the more that our reticular activating system in our brain will work to prove that to us in our external environment. So it all, it all comes together based off of our first indication that starts inside. And so that first thought, that first feeling, that first belief. And so as we are welcoming in this new year, I ask you and want to inspire you to redefine your relationship to your work and ask yourself, have I been living in alignment? Have I been operating and working in a way that feels good to me, that feels authentic to me? And if not, what are the steps that I can take to start to shift my relationship, to shift my perception, to redefine everything in my life so that I am living in my fullest expression? And I keep saying fullest expression, and that's one of the things that we talk about in this episode with Marla. So you're going to hear all about what it means to be living in your fullest expression, what it means to be in a growth-based relationship, communication skills. She is a relationship and intimacy expert specializing in coaching couples in business together with a desire to learn how to take their drive for success and growth mindset in business and apply it to invigorate their relationship, increase pleasure, joy, and passion all while crushing sales. So I love this topic. Corey loved this topic. We love you, Marla. She has 25 years in the field, and she's helped more than 12,000 couples, including Academy Award-winning actors, producers, and directors, NBA players and coaches, Grammy Award-winning artists, and millionaire entrepreneurs. She uses neuroscience and mathematics background to work with entrepreneurial couples to transform their negative habitual patterns because the hidden power of successful businesses are the stable, loving relationships behind the scenes. So you guys are going to fucking love this conversation. I already know it's going to be a favorite for the Alchemized Life community. I know that it is for me. I walked away as usual, just mind blown. So excited for you guys to listen. And if you love this episode, share it with someone who would love it too. Post it up on your Instagram stories, tag the podcast at The Alchemized Life, tag Marla at The Intimacy Experts, and let us know what resonated with you. And last but not least, before we jump into the episode, I want to remind you that The Goddess's Guide to the Galaxy is now live. And if you missed last week's episode and have no idea what I'm talking about, buckle up, sister, because we are about to go on a journey through the galaxy together, and I could not be more excited to take you along. So The Goddess's Guide to the Galaxy is a daily email series, really with the intention to connect women to their light and purpose every single morning. And in doing so, you will attract more abundance, more opportunity, more joy, more love, and more money into your lives. So this daily dose of soul expansive guidance and inbox love is really including topics about alignment, energy, universal wisdom, meditation, confidence, intention, love, and abundance. And really what I wanted to do with this is teach you how to be the light, how to lead, and how to be fearless in your pursuit of awakening your soul's purpose and finding soul expansive success. It's so much fun. The feedback that I've gotten already just makes me smile from ear to ear. I got like a big old joker smile on. That's what's creepy. A different smile, like 
a happy smile. (laughs) Um, But it's just my way of giving back to all of you and saying thank you and being of service and showing up and us staying in our energetic field together so we can all rise up collectively and have the most abundant year yet. So if you want to subscribe to The Goddess's Guide to the Galaxy, it's totally free. And all you have to do is go to the link in the show notes to subscribe. And upon doing so, you will also get my Make That Money, Honey guided meditation all about manifesting money and abundance. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode of The Alchemized Life. Let's kick it off with Marla Mattinson. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Alchemized Life podcast. Miss Marla Mattinson is sitting across from me on the cloud couch. I have to reference that every time because people love the couch. Um, And she is a relationship consultant for couples in business. I could not be more excited to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be on the cloud couch. Yes. (laughs) So it's so funny because I first found out about you through Kaylee and we went down to the beach over the summer and she had just started interviewing for her podcast. And she was like, oh my God, I just interviewed Marla Mattinson. Have you heard of her? I'm like, no. And she's like, it was incredible. She talks about how, um, you know, couples should be doing therapy as this preventative thing. She talks about using the term activated versus triggered. And I'm like, I need to know who this woman is. And of course I reached out or Tiffany reached out to get you scheduled on the podcast. And as divine timing would have it, I also (laughs) reached out looking for support in my own relationship. So I'm really excited to just talk to you about relationships in general, honoring yourself in relationships and all of these nuances that I legitimately had no idea about until we started talking last week. Wow. Wow. Well, first of all, shout out to Kaylee because she's amazing. Love you. (laughs) It's so incredible what you can actually do with a relationship. A lot of people feel like you get into a relationship and then it sort of starts slowly going downhill over time. And then you want to look outside of the relationship for how do I get my needs met? And really all your needs can be met inside of yourself and in your relationship. And then from there, the two of you as a union can actually go out and make choices on how you want to get your needs met together. So lots of cool, fun things for us to explore today. So many cool things. And actually, before you um, came over, I was reading this post all about how it's like the phrase... Um, I'm, I love you, but I'm not in love with you and lust versus love and how to really continue loving your partner and looking at love from the perspective of not like the, like kissing in the rain, like romanticized rom-com type of love, but like what love truly is and the commitment of love. And I think that is a great place to start because for me, what was most interesting in our work together so far is the definition of the relationship. And we as a society have all of these viewpoints and stories and norms, so to speak, of what we think relationships are, whether it's a marriage or um, a serious partnership. There's all these subconscious and conscious beliefs of relationship. But what really blew my mind was your perspective of defining the relationship itself. So I'd love to just start there. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So 
A lot of couples just enter into a relationship because they're attracted to each other, they love each other, they just have an immediate magnetic connection. And then they find out, oh, I actually like this person too. I want, and then I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. Wonderful. So we just sort of roll along and we don't necessarily pause long enough to ask ourselves these deeper questions, which is, what do I even want from a relationship? We're allowed to ask these questions. We're allowed to ask ourselves these questions. We're allowed to ask our partners these questions to say, from the beginning, what do you want in your life? Do we have a similar vision or a similar trajectory in life? Like the things you care about, the things you care about today are not going to be the things you're going to care about in five years or 10 years or 20 years. And so it's all a projection of what you imagine you're going to care about. And we do have some ideas, right? Even when we're young, even when we're teenagers, we have ideas about, you know, maybe 30 years from now, what do I imagine my life to be like? And so these are important questions to ask. And then I find that one of the most important questions to ask ourselves at the beginning of a relationship is, am I dedicated to growing in my life? And I think that this is one of the things that people sort of avoid talking about because people don't really understand what growth is. Like, of course, we're going to grow. Everybody wants to sort of grow together over time. But conscious growth versus unconscious growth are two very different things. Unconscious growth happens with every couple. (laughs) Every couple grows unconsciously together, meaning the unconscious material in each individual arises, usually in the form of some sort of a conflict or a challenge, and then the relationship needs to deal with it. And that's the unconscious growth, which is some issue arises and we deal with it either together or separately. Conscious growth, couples who are into conscious growth, the whole different ballgame. We're actively looking for our next blind spots. We're like, we're like scientists and archaeologists, and we're we're scouting out, like, oh, wait, I think I saw a little shadow piece pop out from the side. Right. And so instead of waiting for some issue to arise, we are hunting for issues. We're looking consciously, like, ooh, ooh, babe. I think I see one of your blind spots emerging. Are you uh, available to hear what I have to say? Mm -hmm. And then when we do that and we start to do that over time, we get real playful with it and we get excited. So instead of me getting nervous about, let's say, for example, Julian, my love life and business partner, calling me out on some issue that I had as a blind spot, instead of me getting upset about it, I get excited about it. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, this man has the courage to tell me me, the relationship expert, right? The truth about, wow, babe, you're not showing up as your most amazing self right now. What's going on? And reflecting that for me. And so to define your relationship means you got to be really honest with yourself. Who are you and what do you really want in your life? Do you want to grow into the best version of yourself over the course of a lifetime to make your next lifetime even easier for yourself? right? As your soul progresses on its path? Or do you want to just sort of enjoy your life and chill and relax and not be so concerned with ambition and putting your content out to the world? And, you know, what do you really truly want? And you don't have to want the same thing. This is the cool thing is that, so for example, my ambition is very different than Julian's ambition. Julian does not have the same drive that I do, and he doesn't need to. He also needs to make sure he doesn't get in the way of my ambition, right? (laughs) Like, watch out. Um, And 
he gets to say, hey, babe, I think that what you're doing right now is a little off. Let's look at it and let's look at it it together. Mm. So we don't have to have the same exact drive, the same ambition, the same trajectory, the same desires in life. However, we want to have the same foundation and the foundation is growth and growth can be at different rates. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like it's having someone there that's willing to challenge you too. Like that's a part of the growth and that's part of the conscious growth is that someone is willing to say, hey, this is an opportunity for you and I to grow together and to heal these past wounds and step into this higher version of ourselves. So again, we can progress our soul's journey. I think that's one of the things that has been interesting for me because when Corey and I met, I was 22 years old. And, you know, I've, I've, he referred to it and I referred to it too as being a 22 year old shithead because that's exactly what I was. And the person that I am today is entirely different than the person that I was then. And so looking at the ways we can continue to challenge each other, even though our souls have evolved from the, uh, beginning of our relationship is really our work right now is how can we continue to show up and challenge each other, even though we have already progressed so much. Yes. So, so when we're first talking, we were talking about the beginning of a relationship and how to set it up for success from the beginning, which is to define your relationship together, which is what do you even want out of life? And then now what we're talking about is what happens when you're already in a relationship or you're already married, you're already committed, you're living together, you're doing the thing, right? And then from there you realize, hey, it's time to reevaluate. And and I recommend this. First of all, we're at a perfect time of the year. We want to we want to we want to be in 2020 and crush it, right? Yeah. This is the beginning of a new decade. We want to really take a stand for ourselves in our relationships and just by ourselves. And so, you know, if you've been in a relationship for a long time, and you want to start this practice of being in a growth-based relationship and having the courage to tell each other the truth, it really matters the first time your partner comes to you and says, hey, I have some feedback for you that I want to share. How you respond to their first feedback is so important because in general, what happens is someone has the courage to give you feedback. Mm -hmm. And if it's not fully received, that's the last time they're going to give you feedback. They're not going to want to continue to help you see your own blind spots. We unintentionally bat it away. Like, oh yeah, I already know that. Or, you know, we sort of poo-poo it or make it, uh, oh yeah, I've seen that before. I, I knew that about myself. Instead, the recommendation is when your partner actually has the courage to tell you the truth about you, about their experience with you, if you can get yourself into an open, receptive place, meaning you're not trying to think your way through anything. So you're out of your head and you're into your heart, right? You drop it down and you say to yourself, even while they're talking, it's still helpful. You say to yourself, this person loves me. They're telling me this for a reason. They actually have the courage to tell me something that number one, I don't really want to hear. And number two, they don't really want to say because they don't want to deal with the backlash of whatever's going to come back at them. So as they're talking, you want to look at them with loving eyes. So how you your facial expressions matter. If you're looking at your partner with like, 
Like, what are you trying to tell me? Now I'm scowling yeah. my eyes at you. Got like the 11 going Right? On. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> like, what are you trying to say to me? Instead of being skeptical about what they're saying with your facial expressions or having your arms crossed across your chest, be in an open physical place, meaning your arms are to your side. You're not clenching your fists. Your face is open and soft. You're looking at your partner with loving eyes and an open heart. And you're saying to yourself, I want to hear what my partner is saying. I'm curious to know what what are they experiencing in me that's not pleasant. Mm-hmm. And the first words out of our mouths when we're receiving feedback after our partner is done, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having the courage to tell me that. It must have been challenging for yeah. you to say. Yeah. And I know because it was challenging to hear. And so I just want to pause on thank you for having the courage to tell me. And I say this to Julian all the time. I say to him, nobody has the courage to tell me the things about me like you do. I'm so grateful. And I really, truly am. Like He tells me all kinds of things that are unpleasant about me. So I can be the person that I say I want to be. Well, how am I going to be that person if the person who knows me the best in this world, who's my partner, we're living together, we're loving together, we're in business together, if he's not willing to tell me the truth or I'm not willing to hear it, how are we ever supposed to progress? How are we ever supposed to grow together? Yeah. So how we receive that first, those first few times they give feedback to really have it be a positive experience for them. Forget about yourself in that. This is a union issue, meaning the union between the two of you, the big we, right? If you want to put a deposit in the union of the relationship, then receive fully what your partner is saying. And I just want to make a a note on this, which is we're talking about healthy relationships. We're not talking about abusive relationships in any way or people who are dealing with narcissistic personality disorder or something where you're just like, well, I'm going to receive it with gratitude. No, that's one you want to just get out of. Okay. (laughs) So I just want to be really clear. This is, we're talking about healthy relationships that run into challenges from time to time, or maybe they just didn't get off on the right growth path. And they want to get on a growth path together. So just want to be really clear about that. Because this advice can be damaging for people who are in an abusive relationship. If I'm saying, just fully receive what your partner has to say and then say thank you for that, that's going to be a big problem, right? So just want for clarity's sake. Um, I love the idea of like talking about the nonverbal cues that we can... um, give to our partner of like relaxing the face. I know even when we were doing our session, I'm thinking about this now, even when we were doing our session, there were things that Corey said when I just like looked over at him and <laughs> scowled and you were like, hey, now. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and one of the things that I really liked was the communication style of like sitting um, and not looking at each other. So can you jump into that a little bit just to give people some practical ways to communicate? Yes, I love this part, actually. It's And it's a little non-intuitive. So typically, like right now, you and I are facing face-to-face and looking at each other and it's lovely. And yet, unless we're in a super happy, loving place, this position where you're facing your partner is actually an aggressive move in the animal kingdom. So in the animal, and we're animals first, mm-hmm. okay, as humans. The animal kingdom, if you're face to face, it's kind of like, it's like playing chicken, you know, who's going to give first. So instead, when you're having a conflict or when you're working through an issue or you're talking about things that are really uncomfortable, instead of sitting face to face, you actually want to sit 
side by side and not stare at each other or even better, go for a walk around the block where you can move and get the energy moving in and out of your body as you're talking, as you're expressing. And also if you're walking and talking nice and slowly, you're not doing a speed walk or anything. I see myself like running away. Right, exactly. No running. (laughs) Right, exactly. Right. Like stay present, stay with it. Just slowly walking. You can even pause from time to time together. What happens is you can express more because you're not worried about what your partner is is going to look like coming back at you. And you can be a little more free with your facial expressions and naturally letting those, you know, sort of scowls or eye rolls or whatever pop out. And you can turn your head to the side a little bit, like turn your head to the side and do your eye roll if you have to. It's okay. It's not about dampening who you really are. If you have an eye roll, let the eye roll out. It's okay. And if you did an eye roll face-to-face with your partner, oh, watch out because the anger will come right at you. So here's the thing. Our facial expressions, our body posture, what we do with our physicality, our partner is reading all the time. All the time. It's in the unseen world. And so really 95% of what's happening in our lives is happening in the unseen world. It's the world of nonverbal communication. It's also in the, it's in the world of the tone of voice. So we could record, and this has been done, you can record arguments that couples are in and conversations that couples are in. And you can scramble the words so that you can't tell what they're actually saying, but you can hear the tone of voice. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows if they're in an argument or if they're happy. It's very fascinating. Now, different cultures have different uh, tones and inflections. So some tones might sound like anger, like sometimes German sounds like anger, right? Yeah. (laughs) Or, uh, you know, or Chinese sounds very aggressive or, you know, some of the Asian language sounds aggressive to people who speak English. And yet you can still tell the nuance of when someone has anger underneath their voice or when someone has love underneath their voice. Yeah. So even when you're experiencing anger, can you still touch down to the fact that you love yourself and you love your partner, mm. right? At the foundation. So love and growth as the foundation. I love that so much. And that's so interesting. I, yeah, I mean, there's so many times when I um in conversation with Corey and maybe he says something and it's the tone of voice. And I'm just like, Ooh, so how do we effectively, and it doesn't necessarily just have to be like calling out like, Hey, that tone of voice was not cool. But like in general, when we are wanting to have these conversations with our partner, how do we create a container that's conducive to both of us and respectful of each other's schedules and what we have going on, especially as like entrepreneurs and people that are in business? Um, what I've found is that sometimes it's really hard, like timing wise to get on the same page. Cause either I'll have to like go speak at an event or he'll have a call that he has to get on. And for me, like the biggest thing, especially being someone that holds space for large groups of people, I don't want to have those types of conversations before I'm about to get up on a stage or before I'm about to lead a meditation that's unprofessional of me and inappropriate. So what is the best way for anyone listening to 
create a container that's conducive to both in the relationship. Okay. Well, okay. There's two pieces to this right here. So first we started talking about the tone of voice and what do you do when your partner has a nasty tone of voice or an unpleasant tone of voice, right? And then the other is the time issue. So I'm going to address the tone of voice first because we deal with this all the time, <laughs> okay? In in our work personally together, Julian and I, and also with the couples that we mm-hmm. work with. Tone of voice is kind of fascinating because what comes with the tone of voice is a character that was developed over time, Mm. right? So instead of making that character wrong in any way, we bring that character out into the light so they can actually have some expression, full expression, right? And it's really playful and fun. Oh, is this Constance? Yes, this is Constance. Okay, so so we have a full dark side character exercise where you excavate your dark side characters. And your dark side characters are amazing. They add all the flavor and the juice to who you are. Yet when you let them run rampant, then it becomes an issue. So Constance is my controller. So, so <clears throat> I may or may not have some issues around control. Hashtag I do. Okay. <laughs> and so what we realized is that every time I get into a controlling mode, it's this voice that comes through, which is constant. We, so we named her. Her name is Constance. And, and Julian asked me, hey, well, who is she? What's her name? How old is she? What does she look like? What does she do with her time? And so you can get really creative by yourself and ask yourself, oh yeah, well, do I have a controller? Where and when do I feel the need to control? And so we've been excavating this for many years and I've been doing this kind of work for 25 years. So understanding that when my controller arises, when Constance shows up, there's a reason for it. And instead of making her wrong and shoving her down, which she hates, and she will come back with a vengeance, (laughs) you don't want that coming at you, okay? Instead of shoving her down, we ask her, we get curious. So Julian and I together are on the same page asking Constance questions. Mm -hmm. Why are you up right now? What's going on? What do you feel that you need to control? And giving her expression. Now, sometimes... Now we're talking about the time crunch, right? So sometimes we don't have time for that. That's like when we're hanging out on our balcony or hanging out outside and we're just like, oh yeah, the controller is up. What's going on, right? And we have time to go into that. You certainly don't want to go into that right before you go on a podcast or right before some big event or anything. So how do you keep it real clear and concise? This is, we have a number of techniques that are three-minute techniques, Mm -hmm. okay? They take three minutes and it's amazing because for entrepreneurs, anyone in business, you want to get through it you want to get through it quickly. You don't want to spend hours and hours diving into all the issues and getting lost and it's just too much. You want to get through it, get through it fast. So as soon as you realize that resentment is building, if you have any resentment going on, it's kind to bring that to your partner. But how do you bring it to your partner? This is the technique, okay? It's called, we call it the venting technique. It's not a very sexy name. <laughs> if somebody has a better name yeah. for it, please <laughs> send me an email, okay? Marla at marlamattinson.com. Send me an email and give me a better name for that technique. Okay, here's what it is. The venting technique is a phenomenal and very simple technique that we teach to individuals, to couples, to corporate, to leadership teams. It's amazing. Here's what it is something you are resentful about or something that you're annoyed about or some story that has happened, you take a 
pen and paper. It's very important you don't do this in digital in the digital world because when you write, you've got the head, heart, hand connection. So more humanness is going to come out of you. More emotion is going to come out of you if you're writing with your hand. Mm-hmm. And you can also actually play with writing with your dominant hand, which is your, you know, the one like I'm right-handed, and your non-dominant hand, which for me would be my left hand. And different things come out when you write with your non-dominant hand. It's kind of fascinating. Okay, so you write out the story of what you're so upset about. Nobody is going to read this story. You're literally going to burn it safely or you're going to shred it, which is very satisfying, or rip it up or something. You're going to get rid of it, okay? So you're going to let yourself be as mean as an asshole as you can possibly be in the writing of this. Write it all out. Make sure you use your emotional words to say, you know, I'm angry, I'm pissed off, this is bullshit, you know. And then after you get the big storyline out, you go back and you circle all the words that are emotions. And then you take that paper and you take a new paper, or you can actually write this part in your phone if you want to, and you just write that list of emotional words. Mm. Okay, so you get the story out, which is important because you don't want to stuff that down at all. Let yourself be a jerk in writing the story. And then you write that list of emotions. Now, before you do anything with that list of emotions, you're going to burn the story. You're going to get rid of that story. Okay. You're going to literally have a sacred, you know, some sort of a ritual where you're like, ah, and may this story be released back to the universe in neutrality. Okay. And may it be for everyone's greatest good. And then you take that list of words. So that work you already did on your own. This is why it's a three-minute technique. You take two minutes to write all that down and then you go to your partner and you say, hey, I just need to vent. Would you be willing to just sit with me for three minutes and vent so I and listen to me? You don't have to look at me while I'm talking. You you can write notes. In fact, I highly suggest that you do. And all that your partner's gonna do is they're gonna take bullet point notes on what you're saying so that you can hear yourself, so you can have that reflected back to you. Okay, so here's what happens. You take those list of words, the emotions, and you say, recently I've been feeling angry, pissed off, sad, disappointed. They don't know what it's about. It could be about work. It could be about health. It could be about family. It could be about friends. It could be about them. They have no idea what it's about. This is why it works in corporate also. Mm -hmm. Because when you vent like this in, in your corporate situation where everyone is just talking about their emotions, they're not talking about the Mm storyline. Everyone can relate to human emotions because we're human. Yeah. So instead of building a wall or going, well, what made you irritated? Nobody talks about that. You don't need to talk about the why it's there. You just need to honor that it is. And what happened in childhood is typically we were not heard and seen, meaning we weren't reflected to in a healthy way. So we never got to hear ourselves in our own frustration. Mm -hmm. So now as adults, we get to claim that for ourselves. And so asking our partner in a loving way to say, can you reflect what I'm feeling for me? So I read my list of emotions and then you say, great, do you feel complete? I say, yes you read my list back to me. You say, well, I hear you've been feeling irritated, frustrated, angry, sad, disappointed. Did I miss anything, right? You just go through the list. And then you think to yourself, oh yeah, actually, I've also been feeling, you know, melancholy. Mm -hmm. And maybe you list a couple other emotional words and you don't go into the story at all. Then you have your partner reflect those words and then you say, thank you. Thank you for reflecting that. And what it does is it builds compassion for each other because oh, wow, my partner's been feeling irritated and frustrated and angry. Wow, how can I support 
And that's the next question your partner to ask you, how can I support you right now? What is it that you need that I can, that I can actually do to help you in this moment? Mm. And it might be something like, can I just get a hug? Yeah. We just sit next to me and snuggle with me for a minute. Would you just rub my feet for a moment or my neck? You know, or you know what? Actually, I feel complete. I just needed to say this out loud. Mm. It's pretty beautiful what happens when you practice this. Yeah. And it's amazing what happens actually in leadership teams when everyone at the beginning of the day, optional, you don't have to go to this meeting, but at the beginning of the day, people who want to vent out can be can vent and be heard. It can be done in 20 minutes, done. And then nobody knows if they're venting about work or personal or whatever. It doesn't matter. And now it's cleared. And now you go into the very productive day. Mm, that's so powerful. I Isn't love that great? That. Yeah, no, that's great. It sounds very healthy. Uh, <laughs> it's super healthy. It sounds super healthy. What happens if we are in a relationship though, where our partner doesn't want to compromise or we don't want to compromise. And there is this level of like needing to still honor yourself, but also be in the relationship because the love is there because you are still in love with your partner. Like, can we talk about compromise? Because me being um, my fiery self, I find it hard to compromise sometimes. (laughs) I'm glad you brought this up because I don't actually believe in compromise. And because when we say, I'm going to compromise, everybody can feel the energetics of that. It's like, oh God, she's going to like, give up something it of yourself. It feels like you're losing of you're, yourself. Right? It feels like you're losing something. And there's a victim mentality to it. And so it, when we say, well, I'll compromise, then what we're internally doing is we're saying to ourselves, well, I guess I have to give something up, like you said, which is a victim mentality, which means if I'm the victim in this because I have to compromise, that means there's a perpetrator. Mm-hmm. And the perpetrator well, let me look around the house. <laughs> it's you, it's okay? <laughs> it ain't the doggy, yeah. <laughs> okay? It's it's your partner. And so this keeps us in that victim, perpetrator, rescuer loop. And that loop is something that is just the unhealthy human dynamic that we all enter into when we enter into this lifetime. And the idea is that we grow beyond that victim, perpetrator, rescuer loop. And what you do to grow beyond that is you say to yourself, I'm not a victim here. I'm not compromising anything. I'm choosing. I'm choosing to say yes to this new idea that initially I didn't really agree with, or initially it felt like I was going to give up something of myself, but actually I want to do this thing. I want to do this thing with you. Maybe it doesn't look like what I originally wanted it to look like. And how can I say a full yes to this new thing that in the old version of me would have felt like a compromise. And how can I, like what needs to shift internally in me so I feel amazing about saying a full yes to this thing that we're co-creating together? And what that means is, number one, letting go of control, that I'm the one who's creating this thing or I have to have all of my way. And number two, it's really truly about collaboration. Mm -hmm. So collaboration and relationship looks different in every single relationship. And what you you can ask people, it's fun to ask people in, in their relationship, do you feel like you're compromising something? Every place that they feel like they're compromising, 
And this is great for the audience. If you feel like you're compromising something in your relationship, in any relationship, in a friendship, in a family relationship, in a, in a love relationship, if you feel like you're compromising yourself, you're actually rooting in unintentionally that you're a victim. Mm-hmm. So the advice here is, and the recommendation is, how can you shine the light on wherever you feel like you're compromising something? And how can you internally make a shift so that you genuinely say to yourself, you know what? I used to think this was a compromise. Now I'm going to say, I'm a full yes for this thing and I'm consciously choosing to align with it. And what else that does is we don't realize that there's a part of us when we feel like we compromise, we keep that little victim part off to the side, sort of like swept under the carpet for the perfect time for it to arise like a volcano in the face of whoever we were compromising with. So whenever something arises that we're like, yeah, that goes beyond my line of where I want to compromise or where I want to agree with you, we bring in all the old versions of when we compromised something in the past. And that's really unfair and unkind to our partners. Yeah. So how can we bring all of ourselves to a full yes to a decision? Otherwise, don't make that decision. Don't say yes to it. Don't say yes to something that you feel like is a compromise. Mm -hmm. Let it be in the unknown space for a while. Let it live in the in the space of kind of like a black hole. We don't know what the hell's in there, really. So let it be in the unknown, because that's the scariest thing, especially for those of us who like control. We want to know. Let's define it. Yeah, the impatience, too, of not knowing. Yes. And what's that? What is the impatience about? I mean, I think for me, it's completion. And um, having, I think... For me, it feels like one foot in the door, one foot out the door, not necessarily in the relationship itself, but just in like the seasons of life and the stages of life. And so being in this unknown, this black hole makes me feel like I'm in an unknown black hole. And by having the decision, the yes or the no, the understanding, the awareness, it feels like completion. Okay. Let's talk about this. This is amazing. Okay. So if you knew that you could literally know every step along the way. It's known. Your life path. How juicy and exciting would that be? Well, my ego says that would be wonderful to know, but then also it wouldn't be exciting. It would be boring. It would be planned out already. It would be mapped out. And you already know I am someone who embraces and craves change and loves to pivot. So it wouldn't make sense for me. Right, right, (laughs) right. It's like, so this is one of the voices, one of the voices, and we all have this voice. We want to know. Yeah. And especially those of us who have the controller, the controller is like, I got to know. I want to know. It's, it's, it's the COO of our company inside of us. It's, I got to know the next step and the next step and the next step. And yet all of the flavor in life, all of the like real juiciness comes from not knowing. Like, and, and this leads into how do you see your partner with fresh eyes? Mm-hmm. If you know how your partner is going to respond because you value knowing, then you're literally limiting your partner from a new response. They cannot show up in a new way because you already think that you know how they're going to show up Mm -hmm. because you kind of do, right? So here's the thing is like, you kind of know how your partner's going to show up and yet 
there is a little nuance that's different every single time, even if they use the same words, even if they use the same body language. They're a different person every moment. And if, we, if we're focusing on like, well, I already know how he's going to respond to that, so I'm not even going to ask that question. Or, oh, I already know what she's going to do there, so I'm not even going inter- to put my needs or my desires out front, yeah. right? And so that's what leads to a stagnant relationship. But we are, and we talked about this earlier, we're in a living document, right? It's like a a Google Doc of our lives, of our relationship, where we get to edit together. We get to add to things together. It's not a stagnant thing. It's something that is growing over time. But if we're looking at our partner with stagnant eyes and we're seeing them as fixed because we value knowing, then we're missing out on the magnificence of who our partner really is and the nuances of how they are growing and changing. And so the idea here is, how can I start to value the unknown more than the known, Mm. right? Really going beyond the known. And there are books written on this, Beyond the Known. I mean, that's actually the title of two different books that I know of, (laughs) okay? (laughs) And it's really true. Beyond the Known, like, I didn't know what it was going to look like to come here today. I didn't know. I trusted that there were certain things that were going to happen. You, Your team organized beautifully, so I knew exactly what I was supposed to do and how I was supposed to get here. And yet there's this unknown factor where it's like, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen when I walk up to the front door or what's going to happen when I walk in or when I actually get to hug Ava for the first time, right? And so like, how can I be genuinely curious like a child, the childlike curiosity of life, that wonder, that awe. We want to have relationships that are awe-based relationships. Like, oh my God, I am, I am literally in awe of Julian. And he is not the partner that I would have imagined that I would be with. No way. I could not have imagined him. Yeah. I would have, I honestly, I would have discounted him. I would have swiped the other direction. I don't know which direction yeah. is the no, right? <laughs> right. But oh my gosh, beyond my wildest dreams being with this man. And part of it is our dedication to growth. Part of it is our dedication to, I don't know him. I don't know myself. I'm getting to know myself every moment of the day. Mm -hmm. How can I know him? My job is to know myself and to express. And this is why happiness is not the foundation of any relationship either. It's not about we're always supposed to be happy. Happiness is a fleeting human emotion. We can't claim happiness 24-7. Not possible. But we can claim full expression. And I like to say full expression is the new happiness, right? Because if you're fully expressed, you're not compromising. You're coming to decisions together that you are in full agreement with. Even if you don't love it, how can you say, you know what? Even though I don't totally love this, I'm going to choose to be a full yes, because if I keep putting things under the carpet, under the rug to save for later of resentment, which is I'm resentful that I have to compromise on this thing in relationship, that resentment under the rug is going to creep out at some point. So instead of having a little part of my energy focused on suppressing that resentment that is building because of compromising, I will personally take it out of there, out from underneath the carpet and excavate it and go, you know what? I'm not going to hold on to this. I'm just going to let myself be a full yes for this decision we're making together. Mm. I'm not going to hold off anything to the side as like an I told you so later. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I mean, well, and it's not good to keep all of that stuff inside. It's causing you pain 
Yes. Keeping it all inside too. And then that's honestly, that's what leads to health issues, yeah. right? If you keep suppressing your your real desires, or if you keep, you know, shoving down your feelings, that goes somewhere. It doesn't go nowhere. Yeah. It goes internally. And that's how our cells start to mutate. And that's how dis-ease happens in our physical bodies. Mm-hmm. And that's how it turns on gene expression for the diseases that our families gave us, our family lineage. You keep the family lineage going in terms of how you learned how to deal with emotions, how you learn to deal with conflict, how you learn to deal with love. If you keep those patterns going, then you're going to recreate the same patterns and the health issues that your family had. In order to create something new, you got to show up in a new way, right? And love as the foundation and and growth as the foundation rather than marriage or the commitment being the foundation is a real key. Yeah. So for those that are listening that are like, okay, hell yes. I mean, because I'm like, yes, yes, yes. When we look at growth as the foundation and kind of coming back to redefining the relationship, What if we get to a position where we're like maybe in a serious relationship living with someone or married and are kind of curious about what it would be like to live alone or to explore an open relationship? How do we, how do we start to have that conversation with our partners and how do we, again, not compromise when we are having these desires come up? Okay. So first of all, I love this question because Think, let's just think about it logically for a second, okay? If you're in a relationship that's committed but not married, isn't it easier to have a conversation about opening the relationship to potentially other partners or to do something new and different rather than if you're married and you made the commitment to be monogamous together in marriage and to move forward from there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that- Contractually. Contractually, yeah. like literally, <laughs> right? And Unless you're living in Utah and you've decided to be, you know, in a polygamous relationship that's legal. In most areas, it's really like, if you enter into the contract of marriage, you're choosing to be in a monogamous situation. And what we don't realize is we are literally onboarding the archetype of husband, wife, husband, husband, wife, wife, those archetypes are more changeable, right? Because it's more new. But the the archetype of husband and wife, let's just talk about a heterosexual relationship right now. In a marriage contract, if you want to suddenly become not monogamous, meaning you want to open the relationship for other partners or just other experiences and just not have so much rigidity in your sexual expression, it's a, it's, there's like a, hurdle to jump over first before you can even have that conversation, right? Because you want to make sure that you are talking about it in a way that doesn't damage the marriage. You want to say, look, when we entered into this contract of being married, we didn't really fully explore what's going to happen five, 10 years from now when maybe we want to try something new. And so how can we have a conversation about having really full expressed life together, which doesn't always mean that sexually we're going to be together all the time. Maybe it means something new. So if you want to break out of the traditional archetypal roles of husband and wife, then you want to ask yourselves, can we redefine what our marriage is? Right? Because if, again, if the foundation of your relationship is marriage or is the commitment, then we're missing out on all of the variety and opportunity for something different than what the traditional cultural definition of marriage is. And 
this is, you know, you and I talked about this also with Corey, which is what is inside of you of knowledge of what it means to be a wife? What does it mean to be a husband? And to ask yourself and both partners, what does that even mean to me on the high side and on the shadow side, right? So because if you ask yourself, well, what does it mean to be a bad husband? What does it mean to be a bad wife? What does it mean to be a good husband, a good wife? Those reveal our family and our cultural belief systems around marriage. And I think that that's a great exercise to do for any couple, even if you're not married, if you want to get married at some point, because you're going to enter into this contract. So how do you have this conversation? First, you want to start with, look, I want to be married with you. And I feel like I'm wanting to explore in different ways, sexually and with other people. And I don't even know how to talk to you about this. I feel nervous. I feel scared. I feel like even just saying that out loud, I feel nervous of maybe you feel like I'm going to run away. I don't even know how to do this. And one way to do this is to do it with support, right? There's a lot of people who specialize in how to open your relationship to other people. And there's a lot of people who specialize in how do you have communication to go from a, a traditional relationship into a growth-based relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's my field of expertise, right? Um, my field of expertise is not opening relationships to you know other people. However, I do know how to do that, but that's not what I typically work with. There's so many other people out there who are better at that than I am. Um, And having the open conversation releases so much tension and pressure that was built under the surface Mm -hmm. that just the conversation alone, it's going to be uncomfortable. So get ready for that. It's going to feel emotional for both partners because you don't know what the other person is going to want to say. They might say, hell no, I'm not okay with that. Like, And where would that even be coming from? Most likely how other people are viewing your relationship, yeah, right? And so you want to ask yourselves, do we care more about how we're viewed by other people or do we care more about actually being fully expressed as humans, as individuals, and as a couple? Mm -hmm. And that question is a really challenging question because the truth is most people care. They don't want to believe this and they don't want to admit this, but most couples actually care more about how they're seen by their family and friends and by social media than they do about actually being fully expressed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think about when I just think of marriage in general, you know, initially... I had all of these fears of like, what if something doesn't work out? What will my best friend think? What will my family think? My dad's going to be so mad. He spent so much money on the wedding. Um, You know, all of these, what are people going to think thoughts? And then I got to this point where I was just like, who the fuck cares? Right. It's not about them. I am at a position in my life where I know damn well that like I need to have a fulfilled life. And I love the idea of fully expressing yourself and finding your fullest expression because I mean, it just resonates with me so deeply. I think that that's what we're all really searching for. And maybe we have labeled it as happiness or fulfillment or love, but like at its core, it is to be able to fully express ourselves and to be seen and held by someone else and allow them to fully express themselves too. That part right there, right? So like as I, because you know, the truth is most entrepreneurs, I'm just gonna make a blanket statement here, okay? Most entrepreneurs have, some touch of narcissism. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I am part of that category. I definitely have narcissistic tendencies. Okay. (laughs) Meaning me, 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 it's all about me. And 
I'm not diagnosed as a narcissist or anything. However, I care deeply about me and my vision and getting that out into the world. And so in relationship, that's challenging because if it's all about me and my self-expression and my full expression, and I'm not considering my partner, it's not kind to be fully expressed at the expense of my partner. So the idea of collaborating in your full expression, meaning he gets to fan my flame and cheer me on in my full expression because I do it with kindness. Mm -hmm. I'm not just using it as an excuse to be an asshole, right? I'm, I'm intentionally saying, hey, I need to express something to you about you right now. I'm not going to shove that under the carpet because you want to grow and we want to grow together. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have the courage. And, and like Brene Brown says, right, all vulnerability starts with the courage to be vulnerable, the courage to share vulnerably. And what does it mean? It means, wow, I see something in you, sweetheart, that I haven't said anything about because I wanted to see maybe if it was actually a thing or not. Maybe it's a pattern. Maybe it's not a pattern. And now I can see actually it is and I haven't said anything, and it's time for me to say something. Are you available for this? Is this a good time for me to talk about this with you? And one of the questions we love to ask is, what's your bandwidth from zero to 10? 10 meaning, oh, I'm totally open for anything you have to say. Even if you're saying, I'm going to leave you, or I found 12 other women I want to be with. Okay. Whatever the thing is, I'm fully open. And a zero is, I want to go to sleep right now. Okay. So where are you on the bandwidth scale? And you know, if you're going to talk about something really important, you really want to make sure your partner's at a seven or higher on that bandwidth scale, Mm -hmm. right? And so if they're, let's say, at a four, you're going to say, well, I need you to be at least at a seven for this conversation. So let's look at the calendar. Let's schedule a time where we have an hour that we can actually just really get into this. Mm -hmm. And then you put that in the calendar, you schedule it together and you honor it and you don't push it anywhere. You keep it in the calendar and you both make sure that you're coming with at least a seven bandwidth to that conversation. Mm -hmm. It's really important. What are the things that you do to make yourself get to that bandwidth level, just like in your own personal practice? Oh, I'm so happy you asked that. So this has to do with receiving. Okay, so how many people, ask yourself in the audience right now, if you're listening, how many of you want to receive more in your life? right? You want more, more money, more love, more sex, more intimacy, more deeper friendships, right? We all want more. It's part of human nature. We want more. And yet when more shows up, we go, oh, I don't want that. (laughs) More also comes in, how do I receive feedback? If you want more in your life, you want to increase your capacity to receive. And when you increase your capacity to receive, that doesn't just mean all the cherries and roses of life. That means the entire spectrum of everything, Mm -hmm. all the good, the bad, the ugly. You want to be open to receiving the truth, the truth of you, the truth of who you are, the truth of what you're doing in the world. And the more clearly we can see who we really are. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I can play with controlling constants is because when she arises, instead of me attacking her and trying to shove her down, I go, oh, there she is. Yeah. What's up, Constance? Your your services aren't needed at this moment, but thank you for, for you know popping up and bringing yourself here. You can just hang out over on the side over there and witness and watch, mm-hmm. right? So... The idea is that you intentionally increase your capacity to receive. And here's what that looks like for me. I literally will stand or sit and I will sort of lift my chin up to the ceiling a little bit higher. I will open my chest and I will call in and bring the motion of my hands 
pulling in the energy, calling in the energy from above and saying, deep breaths. Ah, I'm opening more and more to receiving. I am available. I am increasing my capacity to receive. And so, because what's happening on a physical level, the sensations in our body are telling us it's unsafe right now. So if our partner's giving us feedback and we don't like it, or something, you look at your bank account, you don't like what you see, or a bill comes in, or you're working on something in the business and it's getting clunky, it's not working, or a client is not you know, happy, or something's happening that you're not happy with. What happens? You have a thought arises in your mind that's negative. That activates a cascade of chemicals that sends a message to the body of contract. It's not safe, hunker down, get small, contract, and get as small as you possibly can so that you're safe. Safety is number one for that part of the mind. So that's the subconscious mind that's activating all that. The conscious mind is like, who cares? This is all fine. No big deal. Let's listen. Listen to what he has to say. Listen to the feedback. But the subconscious mind is arguing against it because your fight, flight, or freeze response has been activated. You hear something you don't like, first thing that happens, your mind wants to push it away and make it wrong. Mm -hmm. And so the fight, flight, or freeze you know, response gets activated. And when that happens, that cascade of chemicals takes a period of time to disperse in the body. And you, let's think about it. When your fight, flight, or freeze response is activated, which is the safety mechanism in our bodies, millions of years, humans developed that. What's happening? What's happening is there's zero need for curiosity, zero need for empathy, zero need for compassion, Zero need for the curiosity necessary to listen to your partner with open eyes mm-hmm. and open ears and open heart. None of that's necessary when your fight, flight, or freeze response yeah. is activated. So what is activated? Run for the hills, fight, or blend into the wall, <laughs> okay? Like, ah, uh, meaning, and what happens? We either get into a fight, a bigger argument. We want to escape, meaning we can't find the words, we get paralyzed, we can't find the words to even engage in the conversation at that moment. Or, you know, we even cry and we we just completely blank out. So there's things that happen where it pushes our partner away from actually expressing themselves. So therefore, we don't have to listen to that. So yeah. when you're trying to increase your capacity to receive, you really want to have a practice where you're saying, in the moments where it's uncomfortable, lean into that discomfort. And there's one more thing about that. Here's what actually happens. In your mind, we label those sensations as uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable to receive something unpleasant. Yeah. Well, it's actually uncomfortable to receive something very pleasant also. Pleasant sensations, pleasure, physical pleasure in our bodies also can feel very uncomfortable when it's too much pleasure. Mm-hmm. You want to increase your capacity to receive more and more pleasure also. And so instead of labeling it as uncomfortable, you label it in your mind as it's just sensations Mm -hmm. happening in my body, neutral. And yet the next step beyond that is if I can increase my capacity to receive all of these sensations flowing in my body without reacting to them, then I can actually live what we call a sensational life. Mm. That's what sensational means. A sensational life means filled with sensations. And that's why we have a hard time receiving because the sensations in our body are sending messages to our mind to say, shut it down, shut it out, or shut it off. 
And instead, you want to consciously say, keep it open, keep it flowing, let it happen, let it in. Breathe it in. Yes, increase that capacity. I love that so much. Marla, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I am so grateful for you. Every single word, I'm just like on the edge of the couch. Just like, let's <laughs> go on. Um, where can people find you? How can we stay up to date with everything that you have going on? And how can we support you? Oh, thank you. Yes. So on Instagram, uh, Julian and I are at The Intimacy Experts. That's our handle there. And then my website, marlamattinson.com. There's a great uh, download on there called The Relationship Redo. It's really great. You can literally rewire your brain with your partner in the moment by redoing something that didn't turn out so great the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. 